You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms, and if you like research like I do, make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Hello, you guys. I'm so happy you could join us for a rom-com fiesta with two of our favorite Christmas movies and one of our favorite friends, Amy Wicks from The Wholehearted Enneagram. You guys know her from The Summit, her podcast. Many of you may even know her as a coach. She is a phenomenal coach, as you'll hear in this episode. But she is a dear friend, a type seven, and such a fun co-host of today's episode as we take on the whole world of Christmas and just getting into the holiday spirit. So thank you for joining us. I don't know if you're shopping, if you're wrapping presents, if you're just like, you know what? I'm a Christmas in the July. I kind of a person and I'm listening in a different time. We just want to say, hey, and we are going to have so much fun today with you talking about both Elf. Yes, we're going to argue for Elf being a rom-com, a little bit at least. And then also while you were sleeping, oh my gosh, Sandra Bullock, Bill Pullman, such a classic. My teen girls love the movie. Amy has seen it more times than I could was aware of her seeing it. I was so glad we decided on adding that movie in too, because I think you guys are going to have so much fun with us talking about both of these movies. And not only that, but pulling out some fun purposes for us as viewers during the season two so we can learn and grow along with these fun characters. So buckle up and get ready for a fun ride. But before you do that, make sure you grab whatever goodies you need. Check out that Starbucks line, see how long it is, or go grab your popcorn or go on your walk if you're like, you know what, already had all the sweets, need to go have my walk right now. We are here for it all with you, as always. And if you just need more support in your relationship, don't forget all of our 12 days of deals going on at EnneagramandMarriage.com. Make sure you're on our email list. And then I'm also going to be sharing this in the episode, but absolutely make sure you're on Amy's list too. I'm putting it in the show notes because she has got such a joyful spirit. And I just wouldn't want you to miss out on this during the dark part of the year and actually any time of year. Amy is what I love love about sevens and that is the ability for sevens to refresh us and how much I appreciate that being a seven who would love other sevens to refresh me is unparalleled. So both Amy and I did have to hold back our joy a little bit here to connect, but I hope you feel it. I hope you feel it ever so much and I hope you have a great holiday. Let's chat with Amy. Amy, thank you so much for joining us for this special EM episode today. Oh, I'm thrilled to be here, Krista. Always a treat to chat with you. And then especially an episode that involves Christmas movies and romance. Come on. Oh my gosh. And how fun that we love two of the same Christmas movies. And I'm sure our audience does too. Can you tell yes. everybody what those two are? Yes. That <laughs> Elf and While You Were Sleeping, which... Can I just go on the record and say, I imagine I've watched while you were sleeping at least a hundred times, maybe 200 times. And that is not 
a seven exaggeration. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I had no idea that one was on my mind. And when you said it, I was like, wow, because it's not brand new, but it's coming back. Everyone loves it. Well, right. I think we're around the same age. So it came out when we were young teenagers, just early preteens. And I remember watching it in the theater. We had some friends, the family that were like, oh my goodness, you guys have to go see this. And it just landed at a stage of life probably and became a family tradition where we would watch it. And it was just one of those, for me, a good movie that I could turn on if I wasn't sleeping well, ironically to the title. (laughs) Or if I just needed some noise in the background while you were sleeping was my go-to for many years. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. And I bet just with some of the characters, I'm going to get to dig in a little deeper on why you find such comfort with these Mm -hmm. characters. (laughs) And then um, we'll talk about Elf too. But actually, since you got us started on this wonderful movie, for those listening, you guys probably know that this is a Sandra Bullock and Bill Pullman movie. And I don't know if we want to spoil it for them. Should we spoil it? Oh, yeah. Let's spoil it. (laughs) (laughs) Because people know what this is. Like, if you haven't seen it, like, please go see it. It's so good. It's Um, perfect. Yeah. Yes. But I really wanted to just say, like, what do you think this that you love about this trope? Does it seem like you love those friends to love, like enemies to lovers trope? Or do you like the surprise endings? Is there anything about that that you love? Yeah, I think I did like the surprise ending. That's a good question. I don't think I've thought about that in in that way. What was it about that that drew me? I am really drawn to story. And Krista, you know this, where I'm sort of a secret closet fiction writer, if you will. I love Love just fun story. And the, the genre that I'm drawn to is this family, conversational, real life depiction, but in a humorous way, right? A little bit exaggerated about how life is, whether it's the family conversation at the table or the dilemmas we face. I I just think it's fun to paint those in exaggerated form, very conversational, highlighting the oddities about life and the nuances and relationships. That is just fun for me. And I think that genre that is captured in While You Were Sleeping is it, it plays to the real life and there's so much humor sprinkled in. I cannot tell you how many one-liners my family has quoted And not only my family of origin, because this movie is what, 30 years old, which is embarrassing. I can't believe it's, (laughs) we're talking about a movie we watched when we were teens, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's been around for a long time. So my family of origin and then my girls, um, but anyway, there's just so many great quotes from it. And I think when I was young, watching it for the first time, the fun twist and the depiction of real life that it offered in a way that was just feel good. And also there is a couple of fun life lessons sprinkled in too. Wow. That's a really good point about how, if you guys remember the movie there, um, Sandra Bullock's character, Lucy ends up befriending a family and they're not perfect. And Mm -hmm. I was noticing that when I was watching it yesterday, that this family has issues and some of them are unspoken. This is a low context family that doesn't always say what they want. And I think that sometimes there's a truth teller. The elderly woman in the story is a truth teller and she's hilarious. The grandma. And so I think that it's 
Yeah. I can't wait to Enneagram this with you, but I just want to add to that, that I appreciated that too, because it made me look at my own family and say, okay, we're more normal than I realized first. And then secondly, I really related to Lucy's character because she had lost both of her parents. And so I was just talking to my girls about it. Like I can't imagine losing both of my parents and not having a spouse or children. So it just made me want to like, honestly, love on people more who don't have somebody. And it made me, instead of looking at my own list, and obviously I'm not going to go this serious about all probably, but it made me like look around at other people in my community. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. And Krista, I know we were just chatting a little bit before just this tension we feel around this time of year that we get the opportunity. And we also have the challenge of holding both grief and gratitude. It's loss and celebration. It's sorrow and happiness. It's tradition and bittersweetness, right? There's there's all of these things that sometimes feel juxtaposed or a dichotomy that we're living within. And as a seven, sometimes that is exceptionally challenging, but the even just as you say here, the the invitation to take a movie and be able to relate uh, her loss and grief, and yet also a depiction of a joyous time mm-hmm. where some of her mm-hmm. dreams are realized. And 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 to your point, I've thought about that too. I'm like, oh, I can't imagine how hard it would be to engage that part of your story of falling in love and not have the parents to share, at least one parent to share with. So I know both of us feel that loss um, with, in regards to you, both of your parents, with me, one of my parents, mm-hmm. um, just in this time of year. And it's hard when you don't have that. We were created to have that nurturing, that parenting, um, at no, like until the end of time, right? We will mm-hmm. always, no matter when we lose our parent and no matter how we lost our parent, it's tough because we were created to have that relationship and mm-hmm. um, there's yeah, such a gift in that and, and difficult when we're faced these times of year without them. It's true. And I just want to really reach out with the hug to the listeners out there who may be feeling a spirit of loneliness. Know that we are mm-hmm. thinking of you and hoping that you like Lucy and like we're doing are working on that. Like that very, like we said, it's this joyous seven sort of season, but also just being able to go to that four space and say like, all right, I'm going to need a few extra minutes to collect myself, to pray, to grieve, but then getting up and washing your face and saying like, what are the gratitudes in my life? And I Mm -hmm. loved how Lucy, her personality type was able to do that so beautifully that she was able to hold both that tension of loss as well as really honoring and helping and caring for others. So what type of personality did you think she had Enneagram type wise? It's funny because a lot of times I go into new movies thinking about their Enneagram types, Mm -hmm. but I haven't always done it as much with movies that have just been part of my history, especially a 30 year history. So Mm -hmm. it was, I did watch it with fresh eyes again, just yesterday because I had this just amazing little spot of time to have that in the background and wrap some gifts for some parties coming up and Mm -hmm. things like that. And I was like, this is so fun because suddenly I had an idea going into it and I really was vacillating between the nine and the two Mm -hmm. when I first went into watching it. And I mean, probably within goodness, 
maybe 10 minutes, I very solidly landed. So I'm excited to hear what you think, but I'm like, Lucy's got to be a nine. It just seemed to scream at, at just like so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I love that you came to that because the girls and I did too. And Yay. we also read on a poll that somebody else had put her in as a two. And we were like, nope, we didn't land there because we felt that she was all three withdrawing types. Actually, we felt that she was probably yes. a nine, four, five because she was in those depths like a four and sharing her pain and story with anyone who would listen. But yet we yeah. were just amazed by how she could care so much like a nine and yet pull back so much like a five and live her life with enough peace. And the one thing that made me feel she couldn't be a two um, and maybe some introverted twos might beg to differ, but I didn't sense the sociability of, you know, I said it to myself, if she was a two, she might have a roommate here. Did you get any of that? Totally. And in fact, there were definitely um, a character or two who stood out to me as a type two that I feel like showed up with a great contrast where um, I I even saw that theme of needing to know her presence mattered. Her sitting by the bedside of her crush, if you will, now her fake fiance (laughs) in the middle of the night, because she just, I felt like it spoke to her needing to know her presence mattered and her offering her presence because she was so lonely and that that would feed a need and a desire that she had as a nine in particular mm-hmm. ways that she discounted her opinion over the years, or even what she desired for the greater good. Now that can be seen a little bit as a two, but I saw it more as a, not a desire to help uh, in a way that a two does to be, get the accolade and to get the love in return. But just because she just, it was like, a thing she knew she was supposed to do and showing up and yeah. at the same time really lost herself in the process, lost some of what she desired, what she wanted, what she, what she ultimately these goals and dreams. I saw her like, it's like it sapped all the inertia and the momentum from her life, the grief, the sac- you know, the sacrificing of herself with taking care of her dad, where she just like everything then went on hold. And part of this, what are the beauty of the story is her waking up to those things and that momentum coming back into her life. Ooh, you brought up so many beautiful points and I'm just going to throw in to you guys. Amy's an amazing coach. So listen how she went right past behaviors and went to the depths in the core issues. And I also think you're really probably adept at picking up nine stuff because you're married to a nine also. Is that I right? Am. <laughs> Which goes to show maybe why I was so drawn to that movie and mm-hmm. in that I just thought. like calming, peaceful element. <laughs> yes, the foreshadow just came full circle with the arc. Amy's in love. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> well, yes, she is. Love but, but this movie is great. And and I think that there's some other personalities. You mentioned a two-ish character. Um was that the mom that you noticed as a two? Yes, oh I did. God. Yes. The other person that I wondered as well that gets maybe not as much recognition, but I think plays such a fun role is Jerry, her boss at work. Oh. He is also, you know how typically rom-coms have like the supportive girlfriend? Yes. Well, she has Celeste, but really Jerry plays a bigger role in that, which I think is a fun way to make that 
that supporting character, if you will. And, and Jerry is a listener. Um, I mean, there could be some other uh, types to that, but just kind of that supportive role that he plays. Mm. But definitely I was thinking um, both Peter and Jack's mom, and I wrote down her name. It's Midge. I don't think I had paid attention before, but it's Midge. And I'm pretty sure she's a two. Oh my gosh. Well, I love her. And I'm so glad that you're also expanding this because you're right. This is, you know, there's more than one two moment or persona here. And I think it's a little gentler if you're listening and your type tends to be the one, like when we talk about three, for instance, like people are like, they were in an unhealthy three space versus like, you're a bad three or you're a good two or you're a bad two. Like any of us can go to any of these spaces in health or unhealth. But I think that the twos in this movie were very healthy. And I really liked that mom. Um, I do know that she put some of her wish fulfillment on, but, um, you know, she wanted this to be a marriage. She wanted to have something to deflect the fact that her son was in a coma. But I also think she was just fun and loving. And I felt that gratefulness for the main character. Did you feel that how happy she was to have somebody like her loving her? Yes. And the quick invitation to and kind of enfold and encompass Lucy into the family tradition, inviting her over for Christmas. I mean, it was so immediate, that hospital scene. That's what I was thinking. I was like, oh my gosh, Midge is totally an Enneagram too. And just jumping right in with kind of the, uh, and again, like you said, maybe an introverted too would have a different feel, but I saw even that, that kind of back and forth, that eight, Eightness, a little bit more forceful, bossy, directing everything, but also the the inviting and and really quick to open up arms um, to to welcome someone else to the family or the family traditions. Oh yes, that makes so much sense. And you might know this because you've watched it more times than me. But there's a fun line in there, like these mashed potatoes are so creamy, You're so creamy. Good. Mary mashed them. Yeah, <laughs> love that part. So, like listeners, like have fun with that little scene and your own favorite quibs, and tell us what your favorite lines are. Now, there's yes. a couple of other characters we might have time to discuss briefly before we move on to Elf. But yeah. um, do you want to talk about Peter or Jack next? Oh, let's talk about Peter. Let's talk about Peter. What type did you think he is? Okay. Peter's the one in the coma, just for the record. He's the tall, dark, handsome, classic. What, as you watch the movie, you go, oh, he's the love interest for sure. Mm -hmm. But, and again, I kind of, to your point, I sometimes, he's not a bad character. Like he's not the enemy or the arch nemesis or anything like that, but you see kind of unhealthy character traits in this guy at the end of the day. And I see him show up as a three where he's very focused on career and advancement, advancement, achievement. He's got a story from his childhood that goes, oh, he was looking for significance and glory and credit. Uh, So kind of all of these things that play into, I think he really has a desire for significance and success in a way that a three, especially an unaligned three might uh, really live out in their life. Mm, Yes. And I like how you noticed he really had a desire for love 
And he yeah. really did want a fresh start. And he's like, hey, I've been living a not very good or not very aligned life. Like I am awake. Yeah. And we know that's all of our Enneagram journeys, whatever negative space we're in. So that was beautiful to see him want an awakening. But of course, realistically, it wasn't very likely to happen in one day, even with a bit of possible amnesia. So I like where the story lands, but I hear you that that's definitely who we think the love interest is. He's the classic good looking guy. And it was really set up beautifully. And I also Mm -hmm. saw that he did give up his seat on the train and there was a good heart, which we see with our threes. So yes. yes. Okay. What about Jack? What did you think he was in terms of type? Yeah, I wasn't sure at first either. And then to me, it was so clear. I was like, how did I even, how, why did I even ponder this for a second? I'm still debating between two. So I can't wait to hear it for me. Yeah. So I landed as a type six that Jack is the loyalist. He's the steady, faithful friend immediately. So this is what was the moment where I'm like, okay, he's a six because when he first comes onto the scene, he immediately questions the validity of Peter's girlfriend being there sleeping on the couch Mm -hmm. and her back is turned to him. And immediately he's asking his little sister, wait a minute that's Lucy or that's the girlfriend. That's Peter's girlfriend. And he has questions and he's investigating from a doubtful place more than an open, accepting, inviting in. He just doesn't seem to be able to trust this, reconcile it. He's got a lot of doubts and he is going to find the answer. (laughs) My goodness. You are on point. And I love it that you got that. This is a nine, six romance. One more reason why it's a peaceful story, because that is a peaceful pair. I know we've had expedition marriage on with that type. In fact, they just shared about their comfy couch. They just bought on Instagram. It's like, that is such a peaceful pairing. Jack is a furniture creator and salesman in this story. And I love that you came to six because I started with six and then my girls were like, he's a classic five, but then I was arguing for six and we both kind of said six wing five, five wing six. We just didn't know that space because we saw the investigating, but you're absolutely right. The questions started first and were incessant. Mm -hmm. And that's how my son is when he's in his six. And I'm going to say in his six, because we don't know if he's a six or a seven, but it's just constant contradicting and checking and and he really gosh he didn't know himself fully either you know he wasn't no. she's like is there any reason why i shouldn't marry your brother and he wasn't able to say yeah. because he didn't know for sure she had to come up with that so brilliant amy and i do love that nod you mentioned it, that he was a furniture maker and there's something so beautiful in that too of way where a six there's like an inviting essence of the six that envelop and just that nod to being a furniture maker, a rocking chair in particular. I don't know. To me, it was like, what a beautiful depiction of a six of creating a space that would be safe and comfortable, comforting maybe, and like a constant loyal, right? Like rocking chair itself is indicative of tradition and Mm. a a space where you go and find home. I don't know. There was just many elements of that where I think even the attraction just kind of that where Lucy was looking for a home and a place of belonging and that her presence matters. And, and Jack offers that in that way. Well, Peter might 
lend itself to exciting ambition and the high side for a nine or to go to that high side of the three. But at the end, she, she, the, the beauty of just the belonging and the familiar, and the, there's just so much in that pairing that I thought, oh, what a neat way that I'm sure the storytellers didn't even think about. But as we're looking at it through Enneagram lens, that makes a lot of sense. Oh my gosh. And and that does speak to the fact that they probably didn't even know that, but how well they did not knowing the Enneagram because she totally comforts him. Like he's a suspicious guy and he's yeah. so loyal and he deserves a break. And we just know that he found the most pure, healthy woman, not, not unhealthy purity, like perfection, but she's truly a good soul. And so you're like, he's going to find his rest in her and she's going to find the loyalty in him. And yes, he has that five kind of welding or furniture depth too, but I really think he's a six and I love that movie. Thank you for chatting with me about it because it's amazing. So our listeners need to watch, right? Oh, a hundred percent. It's got to be on your Christmas list. We, I don't know about you, Krista, but we make a list every year of the Christmas movies we really want to watch as a family. And there's a couple in there that just my husband and I watch still. We have teenagers and we still are, you know, kind of monitoring and being selective of what we watch as a whole family. But ultimately there's a good 20 movies on there. And we have not gotten through them. So here we are a few days before Christmas and we've got a bunch of birthdays, but it's supposed to be cold and snowy. And I'm like, all right, the birthday celebrations are going to be about sitting on the couch together watching some of these Christmas movies. (laughs) Yes. Well, we had that with hurricane birth. We had her birthdays this year. So happy birthday to you, your husband and your daughter this December. Thank you. Yes. A fun week ahead. And you throw in Jesus's birthday and we just, woo, one party after another. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, that is fun. And before we head to Alf, what is something that you guys do when you set up your movie watching? Do you guys have favorite drinks or snacks that you like to indulge in over the holidays? You're so fun. I, we're kind of bad about this. Maybe it's because, well, that's not true. Usually. Friday night is pizza night, movie night, family night. And so with teenagers, of course, that looks different these days, but we do love having our favorite pizza and it looks different every week because hello seven, we got to mix up our pizzas. (laughs) I won't give you the full menu maybe someday, but, um, but yeah, but we love, there's kind of a ritual where I have learned now because we have such a hard time agreeing. I'm like, guys, pizza is like 10 minutes away from being done. Choose the movie now. So we're not sitting there arguing about what movie to watch and our pizza's getting cold. (laughs) Exactly. And it is sometimes. So you do have to prepare what movie it's going to be. Get it started. And I love how you said have the yummy, delicious food to go with it. Pizza is a staple. I love that you reminded us of that. So get Mm -hmm. your pizza on if you want an extra good movie watching time, right? Yes, 100%. Ah, yay. Okay, well, now we get to jump into Elf because that is literally a classic. And my son and I watched it this morning and we said it may just be our favorite Christmas movie out there now. Seven's like a lot so of movies fun. and we say a lot. We of, do. A lot of them are favorites. <laughs> I saw your beautiful Instagram post and you've got a lot of favorites too. Yes, I do. Yeah. But easily 10, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. So tell me what you think that our listeners need to know about just the whole trope of Elf and just take a second to think about why do you think 
people really like ALF? You know, it's really interesting. It kind of goes to that deeper finding that we found in While You Were Sleeping, where the characters evolve. There is that growth that we see happens, the extreme version of who they are, and they find themselves, they awaken to what it is they really want or what is aligned, what is truly what they value. And so each of the characters go on a journey, which is not always typical with such a large cast, I would say, because there's multiple characters in their growth journey. It's not just about one. It's just not just about a hero. There's a lot of them finding themselves along the way. So I think that's just fun to, mm-hmm. to watch people where the, see where they start and go, oh, there's hope for all of us. We don't aren't all stuck in our coping mechanisms, right? Which is what we're preaching all the time. Yeah, you're right. I didn't even think about that. How And that's something we can't even capture on this short episode. So make sure you watch these if you just need to see characters who end up deciding to be true to themselves, whatever the cost, knowing yeah. that if it's hard, it's going to be hard, but at least they're going to be a people of integrity and people that choose goodness and what is right. Like those, I think you're right, are themes that we see and they're mm-hmm. character driven stories in a way. Yes, the plots are important, but I think you're right. It's about the people. And who are your favorite people on this movie? Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> come on, Buddy the Elf. He's just <laughs> so much fun. Yes. The innocence. I think that's what I love about it as a seven. Mm-hmm. And spoiler alert, I absolutely think Buddy the Elf represents a seven. Yes, I do with you. The the sweetness, the just childlike joy, unabashed joy. And I think us, any sevens who is are listening or those who love a seven well can just know that there's an element for some of us where we're holding back. Oh, we're holding a little that. bit of that. Yeah, right? <laughs> that desire for excitement. Uh, I I held a a virtual Christmas party just this last week for my online community. Mm-hmm. And I had this fun little idea. I'm going to use little snippets from the elf in my invitation and in the like, hey, you know, this party's coming out. But as I was taking out these little clips and, you know, making them gifies or gifs or whatever we call them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it just was like, that is me. That is what I'm feeling like on the inside when it comes to Christmas, when it comes to celebration, when it comes to connecting with people. And I know that I've believed the message sometimes that I'm too much in that way. So I hold back a little bit, but buddy, the elf to me represents like just the full on here I am (laughs) full seven (laughs) and all the joy involved. Yes, absolutely. How comforting for anyone who has a seven in their tri-type or like you said, loves a seven to get to see this is acceptable and not only acceptable, but very refreshing. Now, some of the levels he takes it to because of, you know, when we, when we reveal the story arc that he really is from the North Pole, of course it comes off as incredulous, but his joy is downright infectious. And I am so glad that you're right, that we see that joy has a place. And you Mm -hmm. read a beautiful Mary Oliver quote to me earlier today. If you don't mind sharing that, I think this is a perfect spot for it because you talk about how when we have some joy, let's, let's let it, let's let it loose sometimes. Oh, 
Yeah, spot on, Krista. I read it this morning in my devotion, and it's um, the poet Mary Oliver, and it's from her um, Don't Hesitate, and it's Swan Poems and Prose Poems. It came out in 2010. So if you want to look for more from her, but this one quote is, if you suddenly and unexpectedly feel joy, don't hesitate, give into it. Don't be afraid of its plenty. Joy is not made to be a crumb. Mm. Oh, oh my gosh. It's just, there's so much there. Oh, that's beautiful. And it's a great reminder to all of us to not be afraid to show it. If we have it, if yeah. we even want to have grief and joy on the same day, like go ahead and let that joy be shared with others. And of course, there's going to be some who choose not to, and you can't force it upon people, but there's a lot of people that will love to share your joy. And we saw in the movie, so some true. of them are going to be kids and some of them are going to be like the Mary Steenberger um, mom figure in the story. So we think Buddy is a seven and we see that wonder and that joy, um, maybe some access with the sugar on the spaghetti, but just a little bit. <laughs> what about, um, I also saw Leslie, um, from parks and rec do that this week. And I was like, oh my gosh, hilarious. So That's what do awesome. you, yeah. What do you think the mom is? Because she's hilarious too, with how she's so nurturing. She is crazy nurturing. And I, I kind of came out with a two with a strong one wing, right? Mm -hmm. A little bit of that pull mm -hmm. to be proper and right. Mm -hmm. There is, there is enough demureness is I think mm -hmm. the word that adequately describes where she also has held back, pulled back from herself. Um, and, but as I say that I also could say, oh, maybe she's a nine wing one. So I'd be curious to hear what you think, but I, to me, what came to mind for sure in an immediacy was the two wing one. I actually love it. And I had thought two-ness, but I did not even go there with the wings. And I really like it because she really had an ethical principle of like working so much full-time. I see her house. It's gorgeous. And I have several two wing ones in my life that have very similar busy schedules like that. And yet, yeah. Hmm. They manage to have a schedule that invites in love so much that mm. I was thinking, this is so unrealistic at first. Like the fact that she would invite in with such joy somebody's adult son, but not when 100%. you put it in the context of two wing one, because they honestly are like, well, let me see. Let's see what this is about. Let me see if we can do anything. I love that. And even that sense of, it was the right thing to do to be so hospitable and accepting. And she clearly, like in theory, she had to have done some reconciling of knowing her husband had some sort of past <laughs> because mm -hmm. all of a sudden, if my husband was like, yeah, so I have a grown son from a previous relationship that I knew nothing about. I don't think I would be as warm and accepting, <laughs> right. Right. but she definitely went to that you know, right away. <laughs> yeah. And that might even be a testament to some of her three wing of just like, Hey, you know what? Everyone has some secrets in their past. Like yep. I have the openness and I think ultimately we want to share both wings. So I love that you really shared. Yeah. She leans really hard on that one 
But just for all of us to remember her generous example, I think is what speaks to me about her. And then what about her husband, Walter, the book publisher? I loved watching his story arc. What did you think about him? Oh, yeah. Okay. So I wrote two numbers here because I wasn't sure. I think I might err more on the side of an eight Mm -hmm. because his tendency to plow over people to get things done and have very little regard for emotion or how other people might feel. He was just going to do what, not just his path to success, but what he he had his focus on and what he was going to do. And it just, whoever was going to stand in the way, you better move. <laughs> of course, over time, there was an opening to his vulnerability, being honest with himself, no longer engaging in denial about his past, about the possibility of him having a son, him opening his heart to his son, kind of all of those different things. And at the end, he put his family first and he let go of some of those things and engaged with his heart and his emotions um, with those that needed the priority of that. Yeah. I think you've got it. And you're right. It's, it's going to be between a couple of types because we don't get to see every layer of his heart. We don't know if he's so concerned about vulnerability only, or is he so concerned about inadequacy and the five space, but what we see is the eight presentation. And so I like how you remind us of like, yes, there's some right and wrong and justice like a one, but the Mm -hmm. truth is the eight really shines out with, I'm going to give kind of this dictator, like, I know what I'm doing. Here are the plays. I'm following these plays no matter what. Unfortunately, his son, Michael thinks it's because he doesn't love them. And I'm like, no, he loves you. He's just trying to work for you all way too hard and way too much. And he's forgetting the innocence, which is so important for an eight's development. So I think you're right mm. on for his eight story. But did you love seeing his innocence come out over time? Oh, absolutely. And that's what I think mm. it, it, that eight, seven pairing, even how that can be, there can be um, a little bit of a rub and tension there, but it also mm. can bring about the best, some balance to the seven enthusiasm and the seven can offer life and joy and frivolity, the childlikeness to the eight reclaiming. Cause the eight really oftentimes that's their story is they need to reclaim some of that feeling of childlike wonder and awe and simplicity and openness that the seven seems to easily just, boo, here we are. <laughs> Yeah. Like who cares what people think of me? Like this is me and Mm -hmm. the eight needs to borrow that, but you're right. The seven needs to borrow some of that grounding from the eight into reality and to what is and um, how we can relate with respect to others and have healthy boundaries. So I love that. And I love that he shows us the most beautiful example of when eight goes too strong, but soft, I, it just melts an audience's heart, which is why I think it's probably so one of the biggest reasons it's one of the best movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The redemption piece, such a gift. Yes. And we have, this is an Enneagram and marriage podcast and we have a marriage also in this movie. So yes. the last character I wanted to discuss was Jovi and who you yes. think she's looking like and tell me a little bit about that. <laughs> okay. Well, I had to say she's got to be a four. 
I saw the withdrawing element for her the and, and a little bit of that distress. So maybe the five mm-hmm. and I could be way off, but I also just, there is a, and maybe I could be mixing up some of her character with her, her, um, the actual person is Zoe Dashnell. Is that how you say your last name? That's hard. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, yes. And she's a singer and, you know, kind of eclectic person. But I feel like that element came through where she's dissatisfied with her job, her life, who she is. She's put off by anyone who is going to give these overly flirtatious vibes, um, overly enthusiastic vibes. But then she does kind of allow and she is accepting of the unique the oddity that elf really presents right i mean just total oddball but it almost attracts her at the end of the day going well you're you really are odd you're not just trying to be you really are unique and different and i think there's maybe some of that where she what that's kind of maybe even what attracted her not necessarily his energy and enthusiasm but the uniqueness of who he was and never having encountered someone like him so um those were my initial thoughts how about you you know i really like that and i took it as at first i took it as that she was a 9 wing 8 in her 4 wing 5 space yeah but i could when see you that share that i'm thinking about one critical difference between nines and fours is that Nines often really enjoy the classic, which I guess Christmas is a classic feature in culture, but there is a sense of like, what is everybody doing? And let me do that well. Like if there's a really good brand, I want to know the brand. I want good quality and I want to be part of that. I want to wear the colors that are socially acceptable. And I'm not saying you can't have some flair, but you're right in the fact that she was so eager to put on like a whole new persona and become part of this imagination station life does speak very for. And so I like how she's definitely in her four wing five space. And also some of her is in the nine space of, mm-hmm. I felt like she was like, you know, I, I don't, I do have a voice, but I don't use it for others. So I 100%. definitely saw the withdrawing type no matter what. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yes. And Buddy definitely pulled her out of that space and into just the the lightheartedness again that he offers. Yes. And you know what's funny is this is funny. Our glow pairing of seven and nine, Buddy and her, we call that one Mary and Bright, which is oh, funny that we call that Christmas. So but we call the four and seven the beautiful adventure. So they really did have a beautiful adventure. So I think that's probably a little closer. And did you think that um, they had any growing together? Did you think their romance had its own story? Absolutely. And again, that's where I, I saw that four element for her of her like um, the four is not easily going to just like dive into connection and relationship. I feel like there's a little bit where you got to get um, the, the trusting there to be so vulnerable as a four would love to, to know that they belong and to know that it's also a safe place to belong to. And also wanting to double check the authenticity of the other person. Like, are you for real? And I, I kind of felt that questioning in that process with her going, is this guy for real? Or is he just 
you know, being a crackpot or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I don't even remember what words that she used, but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, just the, the beauty of them, um, ultimately her trusting her willing to be herself with him. Mm-hmm. And then also that leveling and grounding in a way, um, that she brought like the realist nature to the seven, but in a way that wasn't uh, a joy kill or a buzz kill. It was just a like, Mm-hmm. Uh, just this happy um level again that leveling out of going hey you can be unique and crazy but also this is what works in the real world mm-hmm. yeah you're right and there wasn't a total merging it was more of a accepting like i'm still <laughs> me and he's still him and to me, that's the best marriage because Wes and I have tried to change each other. But what I like better is our glow when we just naturally rub off because when we try to change each other in marriage and we force it a little bit, it can become just, I've noticed it just unravels later anyway. So I think they have a very healthy story that they're just allowing that to come together as it does. And, and they care about each other and I love that you remind us of the ways that she grows him too. So um, before we end, do you have any favorite scene from Elf that you just want to remind listeners, make sure you watch this one part? (laughs) Probably the most infamous or (laughs) notable is the spaghetti for Mm. breakfast scene. (laughs) My kids have talked about that. And I think there's a a YouTuber who did try out oh the gosh. ingredients. And I want to say it's spaghetti noodles and syrup and maybe ice cream oh, toppings. I right. don't even remember. It's all like, it's so gross as a mom, I'm gagging and oh. thinking it's terrible, but my kids have said multiple times, I think we should try that. So I still have this idea of maybe one day for breakfast, I just, as a joke, right. An April mm-hmm. fools or something fix an elf breakfast and see if they really do like it and what they think. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That is such a fun idea. And then you could have like the real breakfast nearby. Exactly. Like, look, I'm not going to send you off like this, but I had to just get your reactions on video. Like if you had a little video camera, like your phone set up, that would be so cute. Wouldn't it be funny? (laughs) I love that. Well, thank you, Amy, so much for joining me. It was so extra fun on this week when my girls and I were homebound a little bit because we had a cold. So thank you so extra much for this extra special time. And then tell us where our listeners can get in touch with you because I think they're probably just like me, super impressed with you. Oh, you're so kind, Krista. Well, I am known as wholehearted Enneagram on Instagram. And whenever you come over, say, Hey, whether it's a recent post, I love to reply back to you or just send me a direct message and let me know that you got to hear me first on Krista's podcast. And, and if you follow, I always send a, um, a message to welcome you. And I want to learn about your Enneagram type and how you heard about the space. So I'd love to see you there for sure. Oh, that is so beautiful. I love your one-to-one heart. And also I love your email newsletter. I love your subject lines. They just invite joy into my life. So I want to invite people to check her newsletter out too. Are you on, uh, your website is Yes, it's simplywholehearted.com, like my podcast. And funny little note, Krista, 
you happened to give a quote from while you were sleeping about the mashed potatoes. And I recently did two fiction episodes. So I came out of my closet. I shared some of my fiction pieces, if you will. And um, one of that line about the mashed potatoes are so creamy, it made it into one of those episodes. So they just, for the Christmas season, super fun for the whole family. With some Enneagram tidbits in there. <laughs> That's awesome. And you know, we're going to be having you back, as you know, in 2023, where we Can't are wait. going to get to have our listeners maybe even hear a sneak peek of the fiction. So we'll see about that. I can't wait though. Yes. Same here, Krista. Thank you so much for the gift of being here, getting to talk about some of my favorite movies. You're just a dear friend and you're the real deal. And I so appreciate that about you. Thank you. You are too. And our friendship is a treasure to me. And I hope our listeners had some joy with us. I know I sure did. Yay. Same here. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Okay, guys, you heard the fun episode. If you have not watched those two movies, put them on your must watch list this holiday, even if you've seen them before. My goodness, the mashed potatoes are so creamy and I'm so thankful for all these little quips we had and shared together with you today. Enjoy your fun, enjoy your family, enjoy your faith and Merry Christmas to you. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcast or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as EnneagramandMarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.